nothing worse than someone in their fucking 40s having fun. Why are you going to be fucking tugging a softy? And that's the only people who watch the show at this point, you know? It's ladies staying at home, drinking wine at 10 in the morning, and popping pills. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the next episode of Joe Kelly's Psychedelic Experience. What's going on with you, my friend? It's your old pal Joe here, just checking in with you on a motherfucking Wednesday, or possibly Tuesday night if you get to it early enough, all right? How's it going? How's it hanging, my friend? Listen, I hope you are doing well, all right? I hope you're doing better than you ever thought you possibly could be doing. And if you're not, hey... That's A-OK. But do yourself a favor. Get your shit together, all right? We're already in the, is it the final quarter? It's the final quarter of 2023, ladies and gentlemen. We're already in fucking October. Do you believe it? I certainly can't. So you might as well get your shit together going into uh, 2024 because from uh, all the news, it's going to be an interesting, chaotic year. Full of chaos, full of unpredictability coming our way in 2024, so you might as well have your shit together. At the very least, for the holidays, you want to see your family, you want to have your shit together for them so they can finally look at you with a sense of pride instead of disappointment like they have been your entire life, all right? And then once New Year's Day hits, fucking start fucking off again. Who really cares, you know? But for the back end of this year, you might as well get your fucking shit together, All right. Hey, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.com. Use the promo code J-O-E. That's Joe. That's my name. At checkout, get yourself up to 20% off. All right. And uh, also, if you'd like to support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash utilize shrooms. There is a link to the Patreon in the description of this podcast. We do daily videos over there. We got bonus podcast episodes. Uh, a real good one, I feel like, uh, last week. So if you want to check it out, if you'd like to support me, head on over to patreon.com slash utilize shrooms, all right? And of course, we got some shows coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I will be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City, Utah this weekend with Aaron Weber. That's October 6th and the 7th, all right? October 12th, I'll be out in Smithville, Tennessee with my good buddy, Monty Mitchell. I'll be in Nashville uh, Friday the 13th, spooky, for a Don't Tell Comedy show. So I don't know where it's going to be. You have to uh, go to DontTellComedy.com and just, I think they let you know the day of the show. It's a very interesting concept. They're a very fun show, so check that out. I'll also be at uh, Prost and Riot in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, October 14th. That'll be that Saturday of next week. And then uh, Sunday, October 15th, I'll be headlining Black Circle Brewery, Black Circle Brewing, excuse me, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Go to joekellycomedy.com for all the upcoming dates and shows. Some things might be switching up in November and December. I'm just going to give you a heads up now and uh, just keep an eye on the website and on the podcast and I'll let you know uh, everything that's It's changing and coming up, all right? How have you been, my friend? How was your week? What did you get into? Did you have any fun to wind down September? I was in uh, Seattle, Washington, ladies and gentlemen, doing some shows out there. I did five shows in two days. It was very exhausting, very tiring, but uh, a lot of fun, a great time. 
for those of you who don't know, I lived in Seattle for a year when I was living in my van, and I haven't been back since uh, I left in 2017. So it's been about <laughs> a little over six years since I left. I believe I left the end of August 2017. So it was uh, it was good. It was good to go back and, uh, you know, just see what has changed and what hasn't changed. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, people, uh, the folks in Seattle are on fucking drugs. All right. There is a lot of narcotics being used out there. They have uh, those safe injection clinics where I think you can go get clean needles and fresh heroin. So, man, it's like a, it's like a zombie apocalypse out there. Even in the nice part of towns, there's still just people just fucking completely gone, man. And it's it's Seattle's a very strange place because it's um I don't know, it's a relatively wealthy city. Like people seem to be doing pretty well off there, but there's just this this other side of it where it's just fucking filth and garbage and trash everywhere, and then people just on fucking drugs, man. People just fucking gone. Gone. And you know, you got the dirtiest of people nodding off while they're standing up like <laughs> and then you get the people in the suits and the ties and the dresses just walking right by them like it's fucking uh like it's absolutely normal like they don't even they've gotten so used to it that they don't even know it exists anymore there's um there's a thing where uh it's it's a lot of single women. You can find these videos on the internet. I'm not trying to trash anybody, all right? I keep getting called a misogynist, and I don't know why. But you can find it where there's women who have been single for so long that they don't notice the smoke detector beeping in their house anymore or their apartment. So you can find videos where it's just beeping and they don't notice it. And I think that's like the comparison to the rich people walking by the complete fucking just zonked out drug addicts in Seattle. And, uh, I don't know, man, how good of a person do you have to, do you have to be to continue to allow people to destroy themselves? Cause that's the idea with clean injection clinics and stuff like that is you're, you're a good person because you're helping those people get, clean drugs because they're going to be on drugs anyway, but you ignore them anyway. But where's the line before you realize, hey, maybe we should be doing uh, something a little bit different than, you know, than just fucking doping people up because it's fucking sad. It really is. I was walking to Friday night. I got to, I got into Seattle and I was walking to the show. Uh, it was about a mile away. So it's like a half an hour walk, whatever it was, 25 minutes. And uh, I shit you guys not, I'm walking to this show and there's a guy fucking nodding, just about fucking gone, bent over, hunched over, fucking gone, man, fucking gone, not present at all. And uh, he kind of snaps back into this realm of existence as I'm approaching and walking by and he kind of looks up at me and I swear to God. This is a true thing that fucking happened, people. He looks at me and he goes, hey, man, do you have anything I'm not already on? And it it's fucked to me. It's very funny, but also like the saddest, like the saddest fucking question I've ever been asked in my life. 
Like, what the fuck do you think I have that you're not already doing? You know, clearly you're nodding, so you're probably on heroin. I don't have any uppers for you if that's what you're looking for. And I don't think most people who do heroin necessarily like uppers, but it was like, nah, dude, I don't think I got anything. I got absolutely nothing. Maybe if I had a glass of water, I could give you that. Or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, some parents that loved you. That might have been something I could have offered. But I didn't have any of those things to give him. So I just said no, and uh, I kept it moving. But that is like the one of the most hollow, strangest, fucking saddest questions I've ever been asked in my life by a homeless drug addict before. A lot of times it's like, oh, a cigarette, a dollar, you know, food, something like that. But this guy goes, do you have anything, anything I'm not already on? And uh, that was the first person I encountered in Seattle. So I knew it was going to be a good weekend. You know, I knew it was going to be fun. (laughs) Usually they're so sleepy they can't even talk to you. That's what's crazy, too, about the homeless people in Seattle is they are... They're pretty fucking mellow, you know? They're super fucking mellow. I've been to other cities where there's a lot of yelling and uh, like, uh, where was it? New Brunswick, New Jersey. A lot of riffraff with those homeless people. They're causing scenes and dancing and moonwalking all over the place. But Seattle, they're just kind of sleeping, sleeping, standing up. And maybe that's why they get ignored so much is because they aren't causing enough of a problem, you know? But again, how good of a person are you really if you're like, this is, we're good people because we allow these uh, drug addicts to continue to uh, just be drug addicts and we don't kick them out or anything. Fucking bizarre. Fucking bizarre city. And it seems like it's gotten, it seems like it's dirtier than what I remember too. So, and maybe that's just all the major cities in, uh, in America right now. All the ones that were great and places to be seem to be on their downfall of, you know, whatever. You know, New York was fucking flooded last week. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of crime going on. People getting stabbed, this, that, and the other. And the looting and everything. And same thing in Los Angeles. It's just fucking chaos and homeless people. Seattle, Chicago. All these great cities we used to have all seem to be uh, crumbling for whatever reason. And I don't know why. And it's all, it's all based on, I think, I'm not a political guy. I don't read none of that shit anyway. But it seems like it's all based on this weird legislation that is put in place to, uh, I don't know, look out for the drug addict, look out for the criminal, look out for these people. And then once this legislation's passed and they get the clean injection clinics and then you can steal up to $900 worth of merchandise and not be prosecuted, uh, it seems like it's it, it leads to the downfall of these once great cities. But what the fuck do I know? I was only there for two days. Uh, it was fun, man, because I went on a little bit of a I went on a little bit of a tour of my old of my old van stomping grounds while I was out there, because the first day when I was walking, when I encountered that guy, uh, I didn't know exactly where I was supposed to be going, so I had little maps and I was following that, and I ended up on Sixth Avenue, which uh, which man I used to, I walked Sixth Avenue just about every fucking day when I lived in Seattle on my way to work, and uh, man. 
it fucking took me back a little bit. So then I decided I was going to uh, explore Seattle and just remember my roots of being out there. You ever do that? You ever go back to places you used to go and go, man, this used to be a, a big part of my life at one point in time. But uh, I made a video of it, too. I did a live stream over on Facebook. Um, so if you if you want to check it out over there, it's like 40, 45 minutes long, something like that. Uh, it's also posted on the Patreon. I might post it on YouTube as well. It's a vertical video, so I know people don't like that on YouTube, but I might do it anyway. But uh, gave uh, gave a little tour of the old stomping grounds of where I used to park my van and the route I would take to work. And uh, it, it was like a two mile walk, ladies and gentlemen, from where I would park my van because finding free parking in Seattle is such a pain in the fucking ass. And uh, so I would be walking a lot of the times in the rain, in the winter to go to this shitty restaurant job to work day shifts where I wouldn't make any money, where I wouldn't make enough money to catch a bus to get back to my van or, or get a lift, you know, to get back to my fucking van and uh, I just, if, since 2017, I definitely have come a long way, and I certainly hope y'all have too. But it was a, a reminder of where where I was. And it almost, I mean, if you would have asked me in 2017, that's definitely where I, I fucking wanted to be, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay in my van and be left alone, and I still like being left alone, but man, there was just... Um, if you guys know Seattle at all, I'm going to name a couple roads. And if you don't, it's fine. But 6th Avenue was the one I'd walk to get into work. And then there was another one called Yesler. And those were the two main ones. And then I'd find, I found a little side street off Yesler that I would stay. But I'd walk up Yesler and there was a bridge that would go over the interstate. And once I got over that bridge, that was 6th right there. But man, I can't tell you how many times... I'd fucking walk up Yesler, get to that bridge. And once you get to the peak of the bridge, the crescendo, I guess might be the word for it. It's just, you can see the water and it really is such a beautiful fucking view. Even in the rain, it was a beautiful fucking view. And I can't tell you guys how many times I'd be fucking having my little earbuds plugged in, just listening to music. And get to that fucking bridge. And my my eyes would just start swelling up, man. A few fucking times, to say the least. I'd be walking over that bridge. Fucking uh, shedding a tear. Crying. Just feeling alone. Feeling very lost in the world. And uh, just, you know. Shitty shoes. Shitty water-soaked shoes. And uh, I just didn't... I didn't I didn't feel like there was a way out at that point in time, you know? I put myself in that situation, and uh, man, there was just, uh, I don't know. If I can just walking across that bridge again and being where I'm at now, just mentally, not so much, like, you know, job-wise and everything, like I'm doing... I'm doing okay nowadays. I'm not doing better than anybody else necessarily, but I'm doing okay. I'm definitely not living in a van. And uh, if I need a pair of shoes, I can go get a pair of shoes nowadays. So that feels good. But, uh, you know, just looking back at a point in time where I wasn't able to do that. 
And always, always deep down, I knew I'd find a way out, I think. But there were just some rough mornings, man, walking over that bridge with a fucking ripped up hoodie, you know, over these black fucking dress pants to go to this work at this restaurant. And, uh, you know, that I just fuck, it just broke me a few fucking mornings. I was like, what the fuck? What have I done with myself? You know? And, uh, I'm sure I could have made a couple phone calls and got some gas money to get the fuck out of there, but I didn't want to do that either. I knew I put myself in that position for a reason, maybe. And, uh, I didn't want to feel like I took an easy way to get out, you know, cause nobody put me there. Nobody, you know, I got a family that cares about me. You know, I never had to fucking live in a van because of financial issues, but, uh, once I started living in the van, it was like, yeah, I want to, I want to know what it's like to have nothing. Cause that's always, there's always been a part of me that wants to have nothing. Cause when you have nothing, you can never owe anybody anything. No one could take anything from you when you have nothing. And, uh, man, when you really do have nothing, it's, uh, and you're living in a van in Seattle, it's a pretty lonely existence. Maybe if I was like in a cabin in the woods somewhere, like in Montana in the middle of the fucking woods and you don't have anything, it'd be a little bit different. But it was very, there were some low days out there in Seattle. And, uh, you know, the drinking definitely wasn't helping either. I'm sure that's, you know, it's weird how like, you know, I didn't have any money for shoes, but I always had money for a couple beers at the open mics I was going to. That's just where the mentality was. It's very bizarre. So, uh, you know, maybe in that sense, I do understand a little bit of addict behavior in a weird way, you know, because it's like, well, I can't get nothing. I can't get these waterlogged shoes I'm stuck with, but, you know, <laughs> a couple beers, because a couple beers is $6 where a pair of shoes is going to be 60 or something like that. And it's like, well, I don't have 60 right now, but I got, I got fucking 15. So, you know, even if I get the fucking, uh, get a couple beers, I still got a little bit left over to figure it out. But, uh, it was just strange is, it's strange going back and, and making that, making that very long walk again. I also forgot how long that fucking walk was. And I did, would do that in the rain. I would do that in the rain many, many days just cause some days I just felt like it too, you know? There are some days where I could have hopped on the bus or something like that. And it's like, nah, I put myself in this position. So I'm going to walk in the rain and, uh, and make it, you know, poetic in a weird way, I guess. I don't fucking know, but I'll post the video somewhere. If you want to check it out, it was, uh, it, it was good. It was good to go back and not be in the position I was back then, you know, and by the time I left Seattle, I was in a great place. I really was. I quit drinking. I was working at a, a food truck at that point in time. And uh, I was, you know, I was loving, I was loving where, where I was at that point in time. I was feeling so good. And, uh, but that first half of being in Seattle was very, very lonely, very sad. And I think it was good to, uh, to revisit that because you should always, remember where you have been and where you came from 
and the things that have gone into life that have made you you. The struggles, you know, because that's what really that's what really makes you who you are, I think. But I could be wrong about that. You know, I could be completely wrong about that. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out the video, it's on Facebook, it's on Patreon, and I'll try and get it up on YouTube here in the next couple of days, too. A little fun exploring thing. And I've never done a live. I've never done a live before. So that was fun. A lot of people checked in. Some of y'all might have checked in. in, in which case, if you did, fucking A, man. I certainly do appreciate it. That's absolutely wonderful. I didn't think anybody was going to watch, but we had a great, a great bunch of people, a great conversation going on in the chat. And I had an absolutely wonderful time with everybody that tuned into that live. So if you were there for it while we were doing it, thank you so much, man. And if you're listening to the podcast right now, just fucking thank you. I appreciate the support, and I hope you get something out of whatever it is that I do. Because I definitely get something out of you guys uh, supporting me and listening to me. And the messages you send me, they fucking mean the world to me, guys. They really do. I hope you all know that. I hope it's just not all willy-nilly and I'm blowing smoke up your ass and this, that, and the other. And... uh you know, I try to make sure I go out of my way to respond to you guys when you talk because I know I don't have to. And I know a lot of other people, you know, don't. A lot of people who got podcasts and, and shit like that, you know, they um, and you can just, you know, and just working in comedy, you hear how people talk about like they're and I don't want to call you guys fans because you're so much more. You're so much more than just fans to me. And I hope you fucking know that. But the way they talk about their fans and the people that they support them is very disheartening. You know, it's kind of gross how a lot of fucking people talk about uh, the ones who make their lives possible. You know what I mean? Some of these people are making fucking thousands of dollars. <laughs> in fucking two days for doing comedy shows and then how they and then just to listen how they talk about the people that come to their shows and make their fucking life possible is absolutely disgusting and uh i hope you all know i don't talk about you guys that way and i never will because you again you're it's not i don't look at you guys like fans or anything like that you're a, a weird extension of my family and my friends in a weird way. And I hope you all know that. And I love you to death. So I just, thanks for being supportive. That's all. Uh, let's <laughs> anyway, I don't want to fuck it. I'll laugh. Cause it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Be a little bit too vulnerable or whatever it is. But, uh, can someone tell me why the view is still on fucking television at all? I'm pretty sure I've asked this question on the podcast a couple times in the past. But why the fuck is the view still on television? I saw the view trending on Twitter and I was like, oh, what are they? What's the view saying? Because anytime the view is trending anywhere, it's not for a good reason at this point in time. It's always because someone's saying something fucking stupid. And uh, I can't even remember what the fucking thing was that they were talking about. It's something Whoopi Goldberg had said. But here's the thing. When you go, don't, if you're on Twitter, don't ever, and the view is trending, don't ever look it up. Don't ever fucking click on it. Because 
if you click on the view as it's trending, it shows you everything that everybody has tweeted that says the view. And bro, it's a lot of dudes fucking jerking off with their assholes opened up, hovering over their camera. I was trying to get a fucking laugh or something to talk about for the podcast of what was going on with the view and what these fucking dingbats are fucking yakking about this week, you know? And I can't even remember what the fuck it was because it was just a bunch of dudes, man, just fucking jerking their dicks on the internet, not even to anybody. They're just posting it. And they're going to hope you like the view. How's this view or whatever it is, you know? And it's like, what the fuck, dude? That's not what I was hoping to see or hoping to encounter. These people are being slick with it. And that makes me worry about, because uh, my niece has a tablet and she's, my sister let her, lets her get on TikTok and she's like, oh, it's like age restricted or whatever it is. And it's like, these motherfuckers, these fucking pervert, disgusting motherfuckers have found loopholes in the system of adult content to the point where, if the view is trending, you think you're going to see, you know, a bunch of old, dumb ladies talking about opinions that they don't fucking, you know, they're just blah, 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 just squawking. They don't know nothing. These old bats are just on pills and fucking Xanax and Adderall or whatever the fuck it is. And that's the only people who watch the show at this point, you know, it's ladies staying at home, drinking wine at 10 in the morning and popping pills. That's the only way you can fucking tolerate that stupid, uh, uninformed yakking of opinions that those fucking broads put out. It's fucking useless. And then, you, you know, those are the people watching it, and then there's fucking dudes jerking off on Twitter to it. So it's like, I know, and I know, like, I remember when we first got AOL, my mom put age-restricted stuff on our fucking, uh, on our accounts, a parental advisory thing. And we were, you know, I'd still, there were still things you could get to. That's what I'm saying. There was still stuff that you could, that would pop up. Cause that's back when chat rooms were a big thing. And I'd be in AOL chat rooms and people would be sending links all the time. Oh boy. I saw a lady doing something with a dog when I was like 12 years old that I'll never forget. It fucking ruined me, people. <laughs> I wasn't even seeking it out. It's just these weird fucks. They're like, oh, here's fucking, here's something that's real cool. And then, you know, you're like, I want to see something real cool. I'm 12. And then it's a lady blowing a fucking dog. And it's like, oh, boy, I didn't know this was going to happen, you know? Thank God I wasn't into it. Or, boy, oh, boy, this would probably be a different type of podcast. But anyway, the point is, The View is an awful show with brain dead hosts who yak about nothing who have no uh who who don't understand regular people you know they don't understand fucking normal go to work everyday salt of the earth fucking people and they want to tell you how to live with their fucking uninformed elitist opinions and then you want to go what are their uninformed elitist opinions going to be this week let me look on Twitter, and then it's a bunch of dudes. It's the same thing with the fucking dog. And now I'm watching some dude squatting over his camera with his asshole opened up to the world, jerking off his soft dick. Soft dick, too, people. Soft dick on Twitter. A guy was jerking. <laughs> this is going to get demonetized. 
but that's what's out there in the world. So uh, I feel like the next time I have to, I see my sister, I'm gonna have to have a conversation like, "Hey, get the niece off the fucking TikTok because there's dudes fucking breaking the algorithms, jerking their soft dicks when you don't want to see them jerking their soft dicks. At least make it hard for me, Poppy. Come on, why are you gonna be fucking tugging a softy? That's fucking ridiculous to me. I don't know. Did you guys know you can come while you're soft? This is yeah, demonetized for sure. But uh, I don't know if you, if ladies, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure the fellas out there knew that. Fellas, we've all had that day where, you know, we were young or, you know, maybe we were hungover and it's like, today is going to be a jack day. I'm going to jack my dick until I can't jack it no more. And then you get to the point in the day where it's like, well, now I'm going for my record. My record was seven, but I got to go for number eight. You can't get it hard, but if you Pull it real quick when it's soft. You still fucking come, you know? So that's a little something for you ladies out there. I don't know if you know that, but you can fuck, you can, uh, you can ejaculate out of a soft dick. You can have an orgasm with this old softy. It's pretty interesting because you think it's got to be hard, but don't. A little nugget of knowledge for you. They ain't going to teach you that on The View. I know that much. You guys come to this podcast for information, and there's some uh, little tidbit for you. You can ejaculate with a soft penis. It doesn't need to be hard, you know? So, ladies, if you ever find yourself with a, uh, you know, if you're ever trying to trap a rich fella and get his money, and he's like, no, I'm not into it. I can't get it up right now. You just fucking tug on that soft pecker while he's asleep, and you get that, you get that semen, and you, you know, you get that check. You get that bag, as the kids like to say nowadays, all right? You get that soft pecker semen from, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady. He's got a lot of money, right? And you just put it up in you, and then you have Tom Brady's baby, and then you take him to court, and then you get half his fucking money. So there you go. We're planning for the future on the podcast today, all right? That'll probably be the title, Planning for the Future. Let's take a break, check in with our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Joe Kelly's psychedelic experience. We went from sentimental to very strange. And uh, maybe I felt like I had to do that because I felt like I was getting a little bit too much of it. I was acting like a bitch there for a second and being a little bit too soft. So uh, let's check in with our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Joe Kelly's psychedelic experience. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Magic Mind. Fellas, sometimes our dick don't work so good and we need a little extra stimulation. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about too. You ever been with a fella and for whatever reason, you're doing all the tricks that you got in your back pocket to make that dick stand up on end and it just ain't doing it for some reason. Sometimes you need a little extra stimulation to get a boner. I'm talking about Tickling the balls, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you give them balls a little tickle, tickle, that dick jumps right up. Now, is Magic Mind going to give you a boner? No, that's not what I'm getting at here. But Magic Mind is basically the tickling of the balls, but for your mind, all right? If you're trying to get your mind right in the morning and for whatever reason, you just can't seem to get it together, even with your coffee, your usual tricks to get your day going. You drink a pot of coffee, you still feel groggy, do a little tickling of the balls but for your mind, and try out Magic Mind, all right? It is that tickle on the scrotum that will get your mind rock hard and ready to go through the day. 
I hope you understand that analogy. It's nothing sexual. It has to do with getting your mind in the right place and stimulated every single morning. I do it every morning. My brain throbbing with stimulus every single morning of my life. If you'd like a rock hard brain, go to magicmind.com. Use the promo code Joe at checkout. Save you a few bucks in this a crumbling economy that we're in right now. It's a fantastic product. I absolutely love it. Again, it's not going to make your dick hard, but it will get your brain in the place it needs to be to impress everybody around you, all right? Magicmind.com, promo code J-O-E at checkout, and you'll get up to 20% off, all right? Do yourself a favor and give it a try. You won't regret it. Let's get back to the podcast. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that brief message from our wonderful sponsors. Real quick, I forgot to mention, I do have some bumper stickers in nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like one, they're five bucks. They say, I'm not drunk. I'm just whacking off, all right? So that way, when you're driving home hammered and the cop pulls up behind you, is like, hey, this fella or lady might be a little bit tipsy. Uh, they'll read your bumper sticker and realize that you're not drunk. You're just uh, whacking off. And I don't think that's, you know, is that illegal to do? Is it illegal to whack off in the in the car while you're driving? I don't know. Five bucks, Venmo, PayPal. Let me know if you want one. I'd be happy to get you one. Um, this is something I was talking to my buddy about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he thinks I'm kind of going through a midlife crisis at this point in my life. And we talked about this a little bit on the uh, Patreon episode last week, and uh, I divulge a little bit more intimate details over on the Patreon um, platform. Just some stuff I'm not ready to put out to the general public, and um, I've just been making changes in in my life right now, some better changes, I think, and I'm going to be making more changes coming up in the next couple few months that I'm really excited about, but... Uh, He's like, yeah, it's a it's a midlife crisis you're going through, and there's a, a big stigma that comes with a, a midlife crisis, and uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I kind of see it as more of a midlife awakening, you know? I'll be 36 this month, and uh, it's been a process to get to this point. These are all changes I've been wanting to make and have, have been making for the past couple of few years, but some big ones are coming up pretty soon that I'm, I'm real excited about. And uh, you just, I don't know. How many times do you see people doing that don't change, that never have that midlife crisis or midlife awakening? And like, that's pretty, that's fucking sad, dude. Anytime you see someone in their mid-30s that's doing the exact same shit that they were doing when they were 20, and unless they were doing, unless they had their shit together when they were in their 20s and were fucking, you know, walking the straight and narrow and, and doing all the right things and making all the right moves, and they just settled into that, and, and then they don't make any changes, I think that's a, there's nothing wrong with that, but, uh, you know, it's like, we went, I went to my buddy's show and it was awesome. And we went out to a bar afterwards to have a few drinks to celebrate because it was an awesome show. It was a big deal. My buddy Brad Sativa, he put on the show. Uh, he's not the person I'm, I'm talking about with the midlife, con- uh, midlife crisis conversation, but 
it was a bar that, you know, we've been going to for a while. And, uh, you know, it's like, why are we even here? You know, everyone else is, is changed. Everyone's like in their twenties. Everybody we used to know there is gone. And the people who are there, like still it's kind of, it's just fucking sad. It's fucking weird that, oh, you're going through a midlife crisis. You're making changes. And it's like, yeah, why aren't you? Why haven't you realized that maybe the things that you once thought were so important uh, aren't? And I think people struggle with that, you know, because you spent, you know, you think about if you spend a, a majority of your 20s, let's say in my situation, we'll talk 22, I'm 35 right now, 15 years doing the same shit. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. There's like an identity crisis, I think, for a lot of people. Because who are you? Who are you if you're not going to the same bars or doing the same things that you've been doing for the past 15 years? You know, is it like, you're like, oh, I don't want to restart. And it's like, well, it's not restarting. You're still taking everything you've learned up until that point into this new path that you decide to go on this awakening not a crisis I don't think it's a crisis man I really don't you know you realize that one day you want to fucking buy a motorcycle and fucking take a backpack and see the country because it's something you've never done before because you've spent your fucking prime uh years of your life your 20s in in a half of your 30s working at shitty jobs that you don't want to necessarily be working at and hanging out with a bunch of dipshits, just getting hammered at bars and doing drugs and, you know, fucking whores or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, fuck, man, I need to take a step back. And I've never even seen the country. I've never spent time by myself, you know? And people think it's a bad fucking thing, but I, I don't know. Unless you go the complete opposite way where it's like you spend your 20s because there are people that do that, too, who, you know, they get the job, they raise the family and, uh, you know, all of a sudden their mid 30s hit their early 40s and then they start acting like a fucking 20 year old. And that's pretty fucking sad, too. That midlife crisis is uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. You know, people I want to have my fun now. And it's like, ugh, ugh. Nothing worse than someone in their fucking 40s having fun. You know? It's fucking sad. It's fucking sad. <laughs> Just different. <laughs> you can be 40 and have fun, but if you're living your life, if you're trying to live your 20s in your 40s, that's to me is a fucking sad kind of gross existence. Like you missed your time to be fucking off and making mistakes. And to be honest, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. I think it's part of the culture and our society that we live in where it's like your 20s are supposed to be the time where you're just fucked up and wasting time and making mistakes. And it's like, why? Why does it have to be that way? We're almost encouraged to do it. We're encouraged to miss out on our good prime years of life. So then it feels like we're making up for lost time later in life. Why is that? Why do you think it's encouraged to waste those prime years of your life so much? Honest question. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? The older, the more I live, the older I get, I think it's, I think 
there's something fucked up about it. I think there's something fucked up about encouraging the the youthful mind, the youthful body to just almost be wasted in a way, you know? It's like, oh, go fuck up, go make mistakes, go do this, go do that. I remember doing a show in Atlanta with a guy named Bobby Kelly, and Bobby wanted to smoke a cigar after the show, and he didn't have a lighter. So I was hanging out with him. He had a, he needed a lighter, and there was a couple that was at the show, and they're like, oh, can we come and sit and finish our drinks or whatever? And um, they had both been married and divorced three times each or something like that. And I think they were talking about the guy's son was like 19, 20, 21, something like that. A younger guy, right? And he, uh, and he had a girlfriend that he was in love with and he wanted, he, he loved, they were talking about how much he loved her and they'd been together for forever and they were talking about getting married, this, that, and the other. And both of these fucking divorced parents that had been through the ringer, divorced three times each, they were talking about, oh, I think he just needs to, I just think he needs to go out and explore more. I think he needs to go do this. And I think he needs to go do that. It's like, why? Why? So he can be unhappy three fucking times like you guys? Maybe he's doing the right thing. Maybe he's spending his 20s establishing something that is going to be good for the rest of his life. And you guys are out here encouraging him to do shitty, hedonistic, behavioral type things because somehow it's a reflection on you that you were making the right choices if your son starts fucking up like you did, if that makes any sense. It was such a weird conversation and... Bro, I let them talk for like 10, 15 minutes until the point where I, f- I said something to them and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, they were fucking irritating me at that point. So it was like I said something and it got real weird and then I just left. I, I left it with an awkward vibe. Bobby got awkward. They got awkward. And it's like, I can't listen to you guys talk like this anymore. You both have talked about how you've been through three fucked up relationships and your son seems to be in a good place and seems to be happy with somebody. But because he's 21 or 19 or 20, you think he's a fucking idiot. Meanwhile, you th- what you think he should be 50 with fucking three divorces to his name? Is that what the fuck you guys think? Like, why are you pushing? Why are you pushing that fucking shitty negative behavior on someone who seems like they're in a good place? Leave him alone. Let him live his life. Maybe he's not as fucked up as you are. Maybe he's got his head on his shoulders and he knows what the fuck he's doing with his life. But, uh, you know, we're all encouraged to fucking waste our 20s. And then all of a sudden we're hitting 30 and going, shit, I don't want to keep doing the same things. And everyone goes, oh, it's a midlife crisis. You're not going to be as cool as you once were. And it's like, who gives a fuck? It's a great awakening, I think. It's more of a midlife awakening, a, a midlife revelation, a midlife realization rather than it being a crisis. Because I don't feel like I'm in a crisis. I've never, I've never felt more clear on my future than I do now. And that's coming from a guy who lived in Seattle in a fucking van and was crying, walking across a bridge six years ago, just trying to figure life out, you know? And now that I feel like I'm in a good place and I feel like I have, I'm going to let people call what I'm going through a crisis. Fuck that. 
I've been through the ringer. No one was calling it a crisis when I was crying on that fucking bridge. That's for goddamn sure. You know, <laughs> no one was going, oh, you need to talk. It's like now that I'm making what I think are good decisions for myself, be like, you okay? And it's like, how can you weren't asking me if I was okay six years ago? You know, very interesting. Very interesting that we're uh, encouraged to waste our prime years pissing it away, making poor decisions. And like, it's an okay like it's an okay fucking thing to be doing, you know, very bizarre. Is it intentional? Do you think it's intentional? Do you think there is a, I don't know. Do you think there's something bigger going on? Do you think there's some fucking somebody pulling some strings? It's like, no, let's encourage these youthful, able-bodied people to piss that away and form uh, addictions in their 20s rather than fucking uh, get their shit together. You know what I mean? Rather than living a good life in their 20s. Let's encourage them to become addicts of some kind, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, anything like that. Do you think there's something bigger going on with that shit, people? Do you think? It's possible, right? It could be possible. Who knows? It could also just be a bunch of fucked up parents um, being overbearing to their children and hoping that they don't uh, they don't achieve greater things than they did. You know, they're like I was fucked up in my twenties and I'm fine. Look at me now. So you should be fucked up in your twenties too, because it was fun and it was a good time. And it's like, hey man, it ain't that fun. It ain't that good of a time. Let's be real. You're having drinks with your friends, it's all fun, whatever. But uh, you know, at some point in time, you end up being alone and all of a sudden everybody that you used to hang out with seems like a stranger. So is it worth it in the end? Who the fuck knows? And maybe I've just lived a different life than most people. I don't fucking know. But the midlife revelation, the midlife awakening, the midlife realization, I think is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And uh, don't feel bad if you ever decide you want to live a different life. And if people don't understand, fuck them. Fuck them. Most people don't want you to change because they don't want to change. Most people don't want you to change because then they have to look at themselves. And, you know, and that's sometimes hard to do. Because as long as we have other people around enabling our shitty behavior, we don't have to look at ourselves. But once people start making different decisions and branching off, all of a sudden we are alone and going, what the fuck, man? Everyone's doing something different now but me. Maybe I'm the fucked up one. And then you fucking throw another one back and you go, nah, it's them. It ain't me. I'm still, look at me. I'm still cool sitting at this bar by myself with a bunch of young people looking at me like I'm a creep. I'm a fucking cool guy still. <laughs> Let's get you the animal video clip of the week and get you on your fucking way, shall we? A lot of bull content lately, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of bull content. This one's pretty fun. This one is like, uh, rather than, people are getting creative with the bullfighting or the bullring stuff. Because rather than just doing the regular Toro, Toro, Olay thing, these fucking people got in those little orbs, those big old fucking clear, like, bouncy balls that you can fit a human being in. And then they get in the bull pit, and they just let the bull ram into them, which I guess is a good way to uh, protect your body I mean, you won't really get gored, but if one of those things fucking pops, you're kind of fucked. But this one, 
I don't know if it's edited or if it's like CGI or what. I'm still trying to figure it out. But there's like four people in this this bull ring and the bull's going crazy. And he's, you know, he's trying to run into these people in these little fucking orbs. And the first person he hits, dude, goes fucking flying like 70, 80 fucking yards in the air, way, way fucking back like a fucking... uh, like a goddamn, uh, who's, I don't know, some home run, the fucking Hideki Matsui. That ain't the right name, but you guys know what I'm saying. But this guy goes fucking flying so goddamn far. And uh, it's great. Again, we should stop fucking with the bulls. And then he bumps the other people and they go flying too. But this first guy, I swear to God, he flies like 80 yards into this fu- into the stands. But... Uh, I guess if you're in the orb, you don't get as hurt as bad. There's no way that didn't fucking hurt. That dude flew like a fucking mile, people. It's absolutely insane. That's why part of me thinks it's fake. Because there's no way the bull hit the guy that far. But we're coming up with new ways to fuck with bulls, and I like it. It makes for great content on the internet. But if there's one thing we take away from the podcast week after week, episode after episode. What is it, kids? What is the biggest lesson of this podcast? Don't fuck with bulls. It's a very simple concept. Very simple concept. If you want some pussy that bad, just pay for it at that point. Rather than paying for it with your life by getting gored by a bull, just fork out the fucking $40 because you're in Mexico, you're in Tijuana or whatever it is. It can't be that expensive. Fork out the 40 bucks, get you some pussy, and then go home and eat a sandwich. Very simple concept instead of fucking, you know, trying to show off and getting the fucking orb. It's ridiculous. Everything men do in life is for power and pussy. And I just don't see how either of those things come from getting fucked up by a bull. Maybe you guys do. Maybe somebody can explain to me the fucking, um, I don't know, the appeal of getting fucked up by a bull. I certainly don't. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. Hope we had a little bit of fun, guys. Uh, as always, thank you to Magic Mind for being a wonderful sponsor. MagicMind.com, promo code J-O-E at checkout. Get yourself 20% off. Patreon.com slash Utilize Shrooms if you'd like to support the podcast, if you'd like to support me, if you want the bonus episodes. It's all happening over on Patreon. And uh, also, I will be in Salt Lake City, Utah this Friday and Saturday, the 6th and the 7th at Wise Guys with my buddy Aaron Weber. And then uh, next Thursday, October 12th, I'll be in Smithville, Tennessee with Monty Mitchell at the Harvester. Don't Tell Comedy, October 13th in Nashville and Prost and Riot in Mount Juliet, October 14th. And then Sunday, October 15th, I'll be headlining Black Circle Brewing in Indianapolis, Indiana. Come through that one if you're in Indy. That's always a great fucking show. I love Indianapolis so much, and uh, I can't wait to get back up there. Thanks for checking out the podcast, everybody. I love you. You're a great person. Despite all your flaws, you're, you, you're worthy of love. All right? So before you get out of here, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor too, all right? Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. I'll catch you around real fucking soon. Later, my friend.